another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me this evening, <clears throat> I've got the Improvisational Noise Trio. Um, their latest release is called Tar 4 Plus 11.5. Came out this past May. Um, I'm going to uh, be trying something a little different um, uh, drink-wise today. Um, I've got, you know, the classic hams. But I was absolutely just enthralled when I saw this honey crisp apple juice at Pick and Save the other day. So I'm going to do a little mixer upper and we're going to talk a little bit about some noise music and what they've got going on. So Pedro, Connor and Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. How are you guys doing? Pedro, we'll start with you. How was your day today? Pretty good. Uh, just chilled, uh, played some music around the house, did some reading outside, trying to make the best of uh, the whole Corona time. So, yeah. 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 Connor, how about you? Yeah, I just hung out, uh, did a little reading right outside, enjoyed the beautiful weather. Uh, pretty much just like relaxed all day. We played music earlier. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Oh, good. That's about it. Nice. Hell yeah. Well, and then Ryan, of course, how are you? For me, as mentioned, yeah, we played music. We, we did a little bit of recording of our, our stuff, and it was great. Uh, we played with Eli and Annie Grizzle yesterday. It was a beautiful, yeah. beautiful set. And yeah, we recorded more music today. Besides that, uh, I just uh, did a little bit of writing. I wrote... Uh, a bit for our uh, union newsletter uh, that yeah. we have, uh, at the Milwaukee Art Museum. Of course, yeah. we'll talk about that for sure because that's important to uh, bring attention to. So, um, yes, yeah. yeah, solidarity with the Milwaukee Art Museum's. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Unionizing efforts, of course. Um, well, uh, do you guys all live together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that makes sense. You guys all kind of had similar days, it sounds like. <laughs> nice. Also, shout out to Eli and Annie. Um, I saw you guys were um, doing a little uh, stream set this week, right? Yeah, yeah. It actually got moved to next Thursday. Yeah, uh, it was going to, it was slated for this Thursday, but we, yeah, moved it up to next week. I've just I could watch Eli play his guitar like a drum all day. Dude, yeah, for real, it's amazing. And awesome. uh, Annie is an, an incredible poet, truly. Like, yes. yeah, mm. oh, that's wonderful. Um, well, yeah, we'll um, we'll definitely uh, we'll get to all of that good stuff. So, what we talked about on Mister Nice Guy, we examine love and fear, passion and creativity. So, um, the first of uh, you guys I met was Pedro. And uh, I met you from, I just see you at High Dive occasionally, you know, Sounds with fun. the good old, um, with the, the H crew. Right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, like, I, I knew your buddies with Matt Glassell. Um, shout out to Matt. Um, had heard you, I think you mentioned that, like, you play in this noise group. And uh, I didn't really know too much about noise music uh, before this past year. Um, but you guys did a set at the Jazz Gallery um, this past, I believe it was January or February? February is February. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I 
didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but it was yeah. it was really cool to watch um, because you know as mentioned it's improvisational and you guys are something different today than you you are tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So um, we're gonna talk about Frenia and uh, everything you guys got going on, but first we got to take it back. Ryan, I'm gonna start with you here. When did music uh, start as a creative outlet for yourself? Oh man. Such a cool question. Uh, I mean, music has been a part of my life since I was very young. It, it, it like, uh, you know, growing up in a suburban world, music is like the, uh, the thing that can provide you with some kind of like sensual experience, you know, something that like attaches you to uh, like a meaning beyond just the endless fucking chains you know like mcdonald's walmart and everything so like for for me music started out as being like a thing that kind of connected me to a reality beyond just uh you know normal like consumerism that superficial corporatized life yeah exactly exactly I, i was very attracted to um like country blues and delta blues from a young age because of its very like uh the rawness of it you know like the non-commerciality of it you know it's it's all very uh it's it's people hustling like they're, they're trying to like make a living and everything and that's that, that's what attracted me to music at, at the very earliest age so, like the rawness of music and uh yeah the setting that it can provide totally what was like your first instrument my first instrument I, I learned uh, from school, actually. I, I, I learned percussion in school, and I, I played uh, percussion in band until my freshman year of high school. And after that, it was, you know, it's all different. It's like, it's yeah. not cool to be a, a, a band person. Oh, so yeah. That had to be like an underground thing, and like, a, like a more, yeah. I went through that, too. I never wanted to practice clarinet. I just wanted you know, to go do goon shit with my friends on the weekends. You know, <laughs> what uh, what suburb are you from? Uh, so Connor is my brother, like my yeah. biological brother. Pedro is my spiritual brother too. Like we're all uh, brothers. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, of course. But uh, we are all three from Minnesota. Connor and I grew up in Egan, Minnesota, which is oh uh, yeah specifically suburban suburb like it's extraordinarily suburban suburban. like oh my god and pedro grew up in minneapolis so he he's from like an actual city and uh yeah we 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 all met at the military high school that we went to we went to a military high school um, and uh yeah that's that's how i met these guys well connor obviously i met him (laughs) (laughs) connor how about you how did it start for you Oh man. Uh, well, like Ryan, uh, with similar background and whatnot, um, we were like, at least I was like, kind of, I'll say like forced at the time to play, to pick an instrument to like, I think it was like fifth grade. And I think I chose the saxophone and, uh, got into it. I ended up doing like a whole report on John Coltrane real young and kind of like, really dug the whole like spiritualism and like culture of the saxophone and uh, stuff like that. But after like middle school, it never, and like music in like an orchestra, it never like developed into anything outside of that. 
And I pretty much just like put it to the side and never chose to do anything with it until I moved here to Milwaukee. And Ryan was in a band with the, our former bandmate, Paul. And then uh, Pedro joined it. And like around that time, I started like messing around with some of the instruments and things like in the studio. And Paul at the time, our bandmate had a bunch of like electronic stuff that he like uh, introduced me to. And I'll say like that really like jump started me back into the whole music scene and everything. He like uh, borrowed me a pocket operator and I was able to like fiddle around with this thing that was so easy to use. And it like just brought me back to the familiarity with music and like how awesome it is to like create something and like then share that and then play it with other people too. It's like an awesome experience. Oh, dope. That, that is super cool. Um, no, um, what's the age difference between you guys? Uh, I'm 27. I'm 29. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So we're like a year and a half apart, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm uh, August 91, and you're yeah. April 93. Three? Yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm the baby here. <laughs> I'm, I'm 24. Oh, no uh, kidding. Oh, a man. lot of people think I'm uh, like 10 years older than I actually am. I think it's, yeah, it's a facial hair, yeah, man. Yeah, it yeah. adds. 10 years yeah like an old soul man it really does but i i genuinely believe that the beard is what has gotten me connected with certain people because they think i'm actually this <laughs> much older guy but yeah, yeah. or pedro um before i before you answer i did not know that beach burial has shirts and i will have to go get one. Oh yeah <laughs> shout out beach burial. the sweet shirt yeah. big shout out yeah, I those are my my guys, and I've been collecting uh, uh, band shirts this, this summer. Um, this is a way to let you know anything I can do to support local artists. Like, I've been just collecting. You know, when you can wear a band, it's the best way to support them. You know, yeah. sometimes. So, thanks for uh, um, uh, opening me to that. Um, <laughs> so, Pedro, when did music start for you? Uh, well. It's always kind of been there. I think my earliest musical memories are listening to Beethoven CDs, but also like dirty Southern hip hop, like Juvenile. So like I always had this crazy um, musical palette and I'd want to like play some of the stuff I heard. So I was naturally drawn to the keyboard and just trying to like figure out melodies and just get out what I heard in my head, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the origins. Yeah. <laughs> nice, dope. Um, damn, um, I feel you on, on the, trying to, like the escapism from like the crass commercialism and stuff like that, like you get really, you know, when you grow, cause I'm, I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. So like, I feel you on like the suburban, like, you know, superficialness and uh, it just feels like a part of like my like subjective reality it, a part of my upbringing that I feel just very like detached from now because like I live in like this low-income neighborhood where you know DIY ethics and uh, you know community support and you know, rallying for socializing things like yeah, that is just so embraced. Whereas, like, I grew up around like just all these like obscenely wealthy people that 
I just never, I felt, I never really like related to them, you know, like my family was always like the poorer family. And uh, I don't know, I'm in a way I'm grateful for that though, because like it, it's very humbling, you know, once you finally find those people that are like, you know, we throw all of that like American dream bullshit out the window. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what like gets people like politically motivated, you know, like w when you are coming from a place where people are not really fulfilling your needs, you know, like, like a, a little community in the suburbs, not giving me what I need. Like we have a neighborhood watch or whatever. Like it's not anything uh, like artistic or expressive, you know, like that. Yeah. So uh, how did you guys all end up in Milwaukee? Um, yeah, so I moved out here in, uh, God, I moved out here for Chicago, uh, for college in, uh, 2011. I think two, yeah, 20, 2011. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I was here for two years and then I moved back to Minnesota and then I moved back to Milwaukee again. Yeah, yeah. And then I was here for three years and then these dudes moved over here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of just like, uh, well, I was going to say during the time where you moved back to Minnesota, we all kind of clinged mm -hmm. this, uh, philosophical way having conversations and, yeah we started uh, like understanding each other like yeah, in a crazy yeah. way like sharing uh knowledge and like worldview and all of a sudden we're having like these resonances like building yeah. you know and yes they are musical but they're also like uh like philosophical m more than probably anything else like just trying to understand like how to approach the world like mm -hmm. together and like in a way of like being, you know, having solidarity and so on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. And for that reason, like, like music and art is directly a political thing, you know, like it's, Hell yeah. yeah. Like it stems from, uh, you know, just the dysphoria we feel from systemic oppression or, you know, like, which is so amplified this year where like yes. oh yeah it's become such a broader conversation where like you know the the system and the institutions are being exposed for like what they really are and who they really protect so that's a good segue into like what you guys do because so I, so like, I, I didn't really know much about noise music before. I mean, I've always really liked a lot of like experimental music, um, ambient stuff. Um, Peter Woods was on the show uh, last yeah. December. Shout out to Peter. Um, apparently he's a doctor now. He is, wow. yeah. Good for him. <laughs> um, Scholar. And, yeah, yeah. He's got like five different noise projects. <laughs> all completely different things. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, shout out to FTAM. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, so I didn't really, he kind of like introduced the idea. I never really understood like what noise music, like really, like why it's made, like what the philosophy is behind it. Um, but he kind of put it in a way that really like made sense. It's sort of like a reclamation of like, of sound 
in like a cultural context where like music as we know it is just always always has some kind of cultural context to it you know that we have assigned with like contemporary mainstream pop you know like what makes a good song or like it's made a certain way and you know it has to follow certain standards in that and noise music is a complete like fuck all of that and like you know let's live in the moment and just you know make and make sounds that can still make you feel the same way that like a lot of other music can but just you know without like you know the cultural standards that music has always kind of like followed and i thought that was really interesting and so actually like at the beginning of quarantine you know i was just in a really like you know perplexed headspace of existential dread and like confusion as many of us all were and i started actually listening to noise music um you know via spotify mostly and uh i um got into some really amazing artists like um i listened to some mersbau and some prurient and some uh some nurse with wound that shit is fucking crazy um wolf eyes uh just a couple, couple of them to name, but I was finding this really cool, like, sort of all of these, like, um, just collages. Like, it's very, it's a very, it seems like a pretty collage-driven process for a lot of noise artists. And I'm kind of interested in, like, how, like, you guys relate to that philosophy, like, with, like, what you guys do in Frenia. That's a, that's a wonderful yeah. question, yeah. truly. Like, just to start, I, I don't mean to like uh, speak out in front of you guys, but like uh, I think one of the like aesthetic cores of Frenia so far has been to kind of like reappropriate a lot of the like musical tropes of popular music, you know, whether it's like rock and roll or pop or whatever it is, like blues. Uh, to kind of like take it into our like purview, but it's not, it's not like a reproduction. It, it, it happens like so spontaneously. This, this is like the importance of the idea of improvisation. So everything is like freely flowing and everything, you know, we are, uh, you know, subjects that live in capitalism and we're going to think of things in terms of like blues or rock or soul or whatever it is. And uh, we're going to start like making these sounds that correspond to blues or rock or soul or whatever it is like. Uh, so I, I think there is like definitely this element of appropriation in what we do, but it's, it's very much, it has to be spontaneous. It has to be like, uh, kind of freely flowing, you know, like discovered on the moment. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't matter what it is, like we're gonna throw it in there. Like this is all like, it, it's like the mobilization of everything we've ever heard, mm -hmm. like putting it into practice, you know. Uh, I like that. That's, that's rad. <laughs> um, so, uh, describe Frenia, like the name, like where did that come from? Oh man, stick it together. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
uh, our old bandmate and myself, we uh, kicked around a lot of different names. And uh, we pulled Frenia from a huge list that we were working with. And all of these were like possible names, of course. Uh, we chose Frenia because for us, like Frenia is this idea of like unbroken mind, like perfect mind that uh, transcends limits of like human and non-human or self and world. Uh, Frenia is, it's related to the, the Greek word friend, which means mind. And uh, this is also related to the idea of like schizophrenia, like this, the word skits means broke, broken. Mm. So uh, like phrenia, it, for us, it's like unbroken mind. It's mm. mind that like, um, that will accept whatever is around and like incorporated. Like this is our idea of like uh, performing to a space, you know, like, uh, the music should not just be like a regurgitated like standard that we play for whoever we're playing for. Like we, we want to play for an audience and for a setting. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to add on that. Like uh, most music is either played for a future context or like a past context. And yeah. we want to like throw <laughs> off either of those and not pay any attention to it and incorporate as much as we can about the present and about like uh, who we are and who we're with and the environment and everything in the moment and not care at all about the future or the past. Yes. Totally. Yeah. That, yeah. I remember we talked about this uh, for breaking and entering after that show, like instinctively acting with acting out of like your, the immediacy of the situation and just what you guys are feeling like, which, you know, is, it comes in many, it comes in just a seamless form. And I, that's why it was just so mesmerizing to watch. Like, you know, I'd watch you guys, you know, fiddling around with like the, um, the knobs and stuff, like with all the different sounds and textures. And then Ryan hops on the microphone and just starts like, you know, yelping various noises. And then Connor is like reciting some kind of like egg. It sounded like some kind of like cryptic excerpt. Mm -hmm. And then Pedro hops on the piano and just starts, you know, pounding chords and, you know, in a, like a rumbling sort of way. And uh, yeah, I just, it's kind of hard to like, uh, if you're not used to that kind of thing, like you do kind of like um, you ponder the, like how it all like cohesively fits but that's the point totally you know? yeah. it's like about like a uh, relation and stuff um i was going to say that like in the society we live in especially in america uh we're relatively like cultureless because we have like this overflow of all these diverse cultures and things that we have access to like we've listened to so much music such a diverse spectrum of mu music and stuff that it's affecting us in a crazy way that we don't know what to grab onto anymore. We don't know who we are, but 
inadvertently when we like tried to improv and we tried to like do something in the moment we're realizing like we grab onto like almost certain like nostalgic elements like yeah we've all watched tons of films we've all like listened to tons of the similar like songs and things like that and we see them like coming through when we're trying to like express ourselves in this improv moment and we like play off that and we can communicate. Sure. But Pedro, how did you get involved in it? Um, so I guess right when we moved to Milwaukee, uh, we all started living together and Ryan and Paul would have this weekly practice that uh, I would sometimes just sit and watch, but then sometimes I'd play, it kind of just uh, happened naturally and uh it was really cool to just see how it just naturally formed between them two at first i've never seen that type of uh improvisation that was so dependent on the moment and what the other person was doing and so uh yeah, I guess I just felt naturally curious to like try and see, approach music from this angle and like add to the palette of styles because uh, to play off of what we were saying recently, uh, everyone's musical palette kind of plays into the moment and that's where things kind of emerge and uh, it gets interesting new worlds get created and uh yeah yeah to stop the rambling i guess i'll just say uh i joined a few months after moving here just to uh yeah, yeah. keep it uh, consistent yeah. <laughs> what about you? um so <clears throat> when brian and paul were playing and whatnot then uh pedro got involved and uh, I was pretty much just like going to all their shows. And this was pretty much my first like experience into the like music scene as like uh, DIY shows and like going to shows. I never went to like any show normally. Like I'd maybe, I probably went to like one or two like rap shows or like a hip hop or DM, like some crazy show or something like that. But this was the first time it was like I cared about what was being played and stuff. And I was like really interested in like the expertise of the musicians and things. And so uh, Ryan, Paul and Pedro were playing stuff and I was just like amazed at everything of what they were creating. And I was like more amazed at the whole scene that they played with, like with uh, Matt and his band and everything that they've done and, and Bucko. Like it's just, uh, that stuff really drew me in and I'll have to say like I was really like uh, nervous and anxious playing with the instruments at first, but like Paul, our former bandmate, really encouraged me. And I think like Pedro and Ryan also too, like, like made this really good environment for me to like want to play and like maybe do something minor at first, like hit a little drum a little bit. And then eventually I got like confident enough to start doing like maybe a lead thing here or there or something like that. But it was really just like me being drawn to like this creative atmosphere and like realizing that it had like this such a like medicinal like medical purpose like i would feel so much happier after we played and stuff it, it's just, it's a crazy thing you don't really get it until you experience it and stuff but 
it's like the whole environment of going to a show it is like a community that like Ryan and I grew up in the suburbs so there's like no community and like no nobody cares about anybody and like going to these shows it was the first time I experienced somebody being like man what you did was awesome I love that I I love what you're doing keep doing it that's really cool it was like the first time I saw like real peer-to-peer like enjoyment and expression and stuff and it like drew me to all this stuff and that's why I feel like I'm now like, the confidence to play with these guys and stuff. Oh yeah, dude, that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy like you, you know, kind of got drawn to that. Um, yeah. And it was so like visceral for you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think a good way to put it is like in suburban life, like everyone's just trying to outdo each other constantly. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's all it is. Like it's just it's the the it's capitalism at its at its you know, at peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At its peak. It's just like constantly this competition to like, you know, have more than your neighbor and whatnot. Right. You know, it's it's that's why like yeah, like as soon as I kind of got involved in, you know, like going to shows and writing on artists and like going to just really experiencing the DIY ethic, like it feels like it's almost like, you know, for the first time, you're really, truly exposed to, like, you know, the altruism that can stem from, like, community. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you're, it's just such a, um, it's a diversion from, like, the, you know, just human greed and selfishness, you know? It's just so great to watch for everyone to just be out here uplifting each other just selflessly supporting one another and putting on shows together and just really basking in that, you know, the present moment of like just being in a space together. And I think Matt does such a great job with that with Tsunami, formerly Nausicaa. Um, God, I really, I really miss, uh, I miss, DIY shows very very much and so that's actually another that's another thing is you guys have your own venue uh the Frenia House um rest in peace actually yeah yeah we recently moved uh, oh did you July so we're now in the Frenia duplex yeah (laughs) ah nice there you go um yeah I was I was fortunate enough to catch one show there it was like the it was right at the cusp of the pandemic it was with um, Commodore Calypso, formal, well, formerly Commodore Calypso, another Moonglow. Um, God, that is such a good was, Like, I think our last show at the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. The last and yeah, uh, Superkick from Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It's often how I've made, like, some of my best friends in the music scene are just at basement shows for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, how many shows did you guys pull off there? Only a handful, because uh, maybe like two dozen. So it might be a little. I, much. I think about uh, twenty-five shows. Fifteen yeah. to twenty. Fifteen to twenty. Maybe yeah, let's say, let's say, like I can guarantee uh, ten shows. Hey, it had a good run, man. Had a yeah, good run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like it was about a little over a year, uh, and most of the shows were just kind of. Uh, not as low key, more, yeah, very yeah, low key, more of in our immediate kind of yeah. people we play with, yeah, friends from my 
out of state. Uh, Which could be really fucked too, like having yeah. such a, where it's like musicians playing for musicians is like some of the best stuff that you can have in the DIY scene. Agree. Yeah. Magical. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys uh, decide like what um, objects or like tools, if you will, uh, that you're going to go with that day on a set? Like, do you kind of typically grab a lot of the same things or does it change every time? It's a cool question. Yeah, uh, I think it's mainly the same objects every time. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. like we'll usually leave some stuff off if it's, uh, if we feel like going light one time, uh, not carrying anything heavy or uh, Ryan just wants to do the drums or something yeah. like but that. But where we do have a variation, like undoubtedly, is when, uh, Oftentimes we'll grab a book from our library uh, and you kind of like improvise uh, like uh, poetry or any kind of like vocals off of the book. So we've, we've done like many different books. We've, we've brought the shows mm -hmm. uh, like Dante's Divine Comedy mm -hmm. and uh, like a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th that's like the fun uh kind of variation with what we'll bring to different shows. I think more often than not, unless like I'm playing like drums for a show, which rarely happens. Usually it's guitar uh, or like my my pedals or something. Like, yeah, I don't think we vary that, that often mm -hmm. with what we bring other than with our books. Yeah. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was interested in that. Like, you know, being as it's all improv, like you kind of you on you could if you wanted to, but you know you can also just use the same object but do something completely different with it every time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like we bring things to shows that we'll set it up for it and like never use yeah, it. Like, like that yeah. happens all the time. Like, hey, That's time been happening since like yeah. Paul and I very first started playing with a little duo. Like I, I bring a bunch of things and they just sit there and. They, we don't use them, you know, like, for yeah. sure. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. Case, yeah, you know, just like, in case, I got an urge. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, uh, yeah, so I want to talk about um, your guys' latest recording uh, down on Bandcamp to Tarv, uh, 4 plus 11.5. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to hear about, like, kind of where that, that one uh, came out of. Wow. Well, that's it awesome. It was recorded in April, so I guess a month into quarantine. And it was... we're all like in COVID world at that time. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pedro and I were not working. Connor works mm -hmm. from home, as yeah. always. But <laughs> Pedro and I were not like at the museum working. We're back home. Like doing our thing. So it's kinda like this tail end of a spring break esque yeah. escapade. And <laughs> I just remember it being a really sunny day and we just decided to start playing music as well uh, we normally did because uh, we just had a space in our house instead of having to go somewhere. So a, a lot of the times I played into the music just sitting there having the conversation and then deciding to go play music uh, really fed into the feel of the day. Um, but yeah, I feel like that one in particular, 
there's a line somewhere in there where Ryan is narrating, looking out of the window and what he's seeing on the street. And uh, yeah, speaking of the street, that also is where the name of the track comes from. Uh, yeah, it's from like a photograph of the street, like literally uh, some probably like energy workers or something. They're writing uh, Tarv blah 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 like 4.3 or whatever it is Bunch of city lingo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th they're they were like writing things out for like their work probably like yeah. it was like uh yeah this yeah. pipe goes here and that pipe goes there whatever it is we don't know what it is but yeah uh during that recording it was yeah it was during uh like the early times of covid and uh yeah. We we were all like hanging out a lot, of course, because <laughs> we all lived together. Yeah. And uh, when we were jamming on that track, uh, I I remember like looking out the window, and we lived on Kenwood across the street from the Student Union, so on Kenwood and Prospect, and uh, from our attic, I I had a fucking clear view of the the Student Union. And when we were playing that track, uh, and I'm singing and everything, and I, I see this fucking guy walking down the street. He's wearing a, a white hazmat suit, like full body, full body hazmat suit. It's like some crazy experience. We were like, oh, oh shit. man. It was wild. We're, we're all looking out the window like, yeah. wow, this guy's wearing a hazmat suit. And um, got into the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got into the song. I, I sang about him. Yeah, he's walking down the street. It was a star. Wow, that's but man, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so. I mean, it's so cool. Like how you guys can just have like a spontaneous concept like that and just build off of it. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, that was like honestly, like I mean, obviously, so much more has happened with where we're at this year now being in September, but I feel like like April was like the eeriest part of quarantine. Yeah. Cause that was before it, like that was before anything had opened back up. Yeah. So we're kind of left with just this sunny desolation. <laughs> that makes That's sense. Before the uprising too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, it was like a calm before the storm where, you know, those, minimal cars on the road mm -hmm. and uh i think everyone was just really confused by like yeah. just what the hell is happening right now like it's this you know pseudo apocalyptic uh feeling um yeah yeah i i remember listening to some uh, godspeed you black emperor around yeah. that time and it's it never had made so much sense like that kind of music tell me about like Milwaukee noise scene. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously I hadn't, because of the lapse of shows, like you can't exactly, uh, you know, there isn't much to see right now, but in terms of like, you know, just like how you guys feel about the noise scene, like where it's at right now. I mean, like we mentioned before, Peter's done a lot of work, you know, with uh, his label and everything. Yeah. Love to hear from you guys. There are many different strains of noise. Like, 
there's the noise that is associated more with like punk and metal. And then there's like more like avant-garde jazz noise. And uh, they all like hate each other and everyone disagrees and everything. But like, I don't know, then, then like when you get down to how we do our thing, like, it's not, uh, it's really not about like capturing a genre or like a, a state of like being or any kind of like identity. Like, yeah, I want to build on that. It's like, uh, we, we love where noise is and like the, the progressive liberating direction of it. Yes. And we want to continue it rather than staying in the same spot of it. Not that it is at all by, by any means staying in the same spot with any subgenre or anything of it, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, cause I mean, there's like, I know there's Milwaukee noise fest normally and there's enough noise artists like around to, you know, have something like that, like a showcase of all this different kind of stuff. I mean, one of, I, when I, when you guys played that jazz gallery set, uh, there's also Pavda. Um, right, yeah. That was cool. That, like that was, but that was completely different than what you guys are doing too, and what Eli was doing that night, and totally. what Devin does with his stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, it does sound. It's it feels, feels very flavorful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, most like it seems like a lot of noise shows are at the jazz gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Peter uh, is on the board there, and Eli, I know, does a lot of work there, too. So they're great setting up shows mm -hmm. and the workshops, too. Once uh, F10 uh, stopped doing their Noise Knowledge Consortium series, Eli picked up a new series called uh, the Sonic Exploration Workshop, where you kind of continue the same thing, but make it... Uh, I don't know, just something a little less uh, noisy is just kind of a, a different direction. But yeah, it seems like there's a lot of uh, resources and place, places to go, people to, mm -hmm. to make connections with uh, the noise scene. Because uh, yeah, Bucko has also set up a few mm -hmm. shows that we've been in, or maybe just one. But uh, yeah, he knows a lot of people and is... Uh, always trying to set something up so yeah. do you guys know um nummy yeah yeah you've seen her met her times. a couple times amazing oh my god yeah shout out to nummy uh we just recently connected actually uh -huh. um i know she doesn't have any of like her physical cop or excuse me nothing she does is digital it's all physical so i definitely want to see her she seems really interesting oh yeah yeah, I think I saw a show where she area. played like uh, essential oils, <laughs> like dropped onto a hot plate, mm. like fizzle <laughs> up, and you could smell the 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 scent of the essential oil, like <laughs> vaporizing. Sick. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> an amazing set. Yeah, like, that's some that's some like forty shit. Like that's some <laughs> that's the new direction that. Uh, music's going is it's gonna involve smells and tastes and stuff. Hell yeah, really? Really? Next level. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Totally. Um, well, that's great. I mean, I'm I get so excited whenever I see like a new, like, when I see like a noise musician or drop something because I feel like I wouldn't have been able to relate to it a whole lot until like everything that's happened this year and like being becoming like radicalized through the PSL. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, it's it all seems to make sense when like society unfolds like it has this year. I I love what you just said, like exactly, dude. Like uh <laughs> the music that we're playing right now, it it is like in essence liberatory. Like our friend, our good friend John, uh he, he's like a computer programmer and stuff. He he comes to see our our like performances and he doesn't understand and everything. He's like, I don't I don't get it. Like what are you guys doing? And like what we love to tell him after the show is like John, do you recognize it? Like you could do this, like you could perform. You could, like people would, would like to hear you do this. Like uh, it's it's basically this idea that uh, like noise music is extraordinarily inclusive, and, and we can all like express ourselves through this. And and you don't have to be like some kind of like you know, virtuoso on a saxophone or something, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. you, you can just do your thing and, mm -hmm. and people would like to hear it in the yeah. music world. That, that's what I love about it. That's what yeah. I, I think it's like really emancipatory about this like form of music. Mm -hmm. Like we can all like just do it. You, you can just do your thing and free. Uh, yeah, exactly. You don't gotta be like a bougie or have any like uh, pretentiousness to like understand it. It's like for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, and yeah. It's not about like perfect execution. It's not about like uh, yeah. It's just about like having a good time, and mm -hmm. hopefully there are people who would like to hear you doing that. Yeah, and that be makes it be like this beautiful imperfection, you know, yes, like yes, that yes. that you're gonna do. You know, you know you. It's like because it's all improv, and it's all like you know stream of conscious like that it's like you know you're any mistake you think you're making while you're you know doing a set or something just gets slipped through the cracks um because you know everything you're doing is totally new to you in that moment anyway yes um, yeah so that it's makes gonna it be rough and that, that's like part of the beauty of it you're exactly right it's about like like affirming the imperfection and yeah. saying that is perfect like Actually, what we're doing together is perfect like i don't care if it's a little ugly and it's not perfect like we could like rehearse a song and get it just right you know and we could do it over and over again and then here you go but we don't do that and we we just like make what we make and that's that's that that's that. Yeah. exactly yeah. So that being said, uh, what are you guys working on now? Well, we're always recording. Yeah, so that's always happening. And I feel like we just kind of see what we have. With the, with the last recording, it was kind of just recorded and put it out there because we liked it so much and, you know, it was uh, so in the times. Right. But uh, I think... Uh, 
yeah, we kind of go over the recordings and just see what we like and maybe piece stuff together, edit it a little bit. But uh, that's also something we're open to, like experimenting with the recorded versions and like altering it or mm -hmm. just kind of, yeah. Because a lot of the stuff we put out or actually all of it is just the raw take from start to beginning. Mm -hmm. There's no tracks. It's just kind of what it is. But there's also some possibilities for just creating something completely new from all the stuff we have but that being said nothing in particular no projects coming out soon but there's always yeah a we're basically like always working on our like spiritual refinement you know like yeah. trying to like better tune my like self instrument to you guys mm -hmm. like always like trying to find the harmony yeah, yeah. Whatever feels right, you know, you <laughs> drop something and otherwise you keep it for yourself. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, um, yeah, all power to you guys doing that. I mean, I do look forward to hearing more recordings from you guys. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm glad to, it's really awesome to, like, sit down and really hear about your guys' process because, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's different. But I think it's something that, like, we'll have a lot of momentum, like, as we continue, like, sort of redefining, like, what music means or, like, what it can mean to different people, how it fits into, like, you know, culture and how we perceive sound and how we, you know, like, how we respond emotionally to sound and textures and stuff like that because that's something like i like is i'm really like interested in just how it stimulates like, your brain and just you know so many like different ways so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what you guys got keep going so um yeah thank you guys for uh doing what you do for real Thanks Thank you for yeah. doing what yeah. you do, yeah. Ben. Thank you, you man. You're a good ass yeah. journalist, yeah. man. You're amazing. Thank oh, you. stop it. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> so that, um, yeah, so the last thing here, we said we would talk about it, and it's important. Um, Milwaukee Art Museum unionizing efforts. Yeah. So I'll give you guys the floor and explain what's going on right now. Oh, man. All right. 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 So, uh, yeah, the museum has been organizing for nine months now. It, it started in November of 2019. Uh, yeah, the Milwaukee Art Museum is taking part in a broader labor organizing like movement that's kind of like spreading across all of the nonprofits. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just the Milwaukee Art Museum there's kind of a reckoning that's taking place within like the entire like philanthropic nonprofit world. Like uh, there are a lot of culture workers that are kind of, they're being asked to work like for the prestige of like being a culture worker, basically. Like you're, you're not being taken care of. You, you can't like do these very basic things that most like professional workers can do, like, you know, whatever it might be, buy a home or a car. And then um, there's an increasing uh, precarity that we see with the pandemic where 
it's an institution that requires a lot of visitors and right events and stuff and so once that isn't happening anymore uh a lot of jobs are suddenly aren't important and uh it's just less of a reason to continue working for the prestige or experience because uh yeah it's uh, a great place to work with the building and the the culture like the, the cultural role yeah. yeah educating arts and people uh having access to it but it's only so much you can take when uh you're not uh being able to live on uh what's being asked of you so i think that's why uh it's kind of the, the main aspects of it yeah absolutely it's uh yeah non for profit workers and museum workers all over the entire country are standing together right now because there is a big problem with how philanthropy works in this country like the billionaire and millionaire classes are laundering money through tax breaks to these cultural inst institutions and it's it's something that is not at all sustainable and it's not empowering the communities that these institutions are in. Um, so, yeah, workers of the whole world have to unite and stand together. And I think that's what's happening at the Milwaukee Art Museum. It's beautiful because there are workers from all different walks of life whether they're like food and beverage, like baristas or whatever, or like, uh, you know, curators of American art, like it, it doesn't matter, like mm -hmm. workers are standing together now. Broad to, communities yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so for sure, I, yeah, like you guys are absolutely right. Um, you know, that, <clears throat> that exploitation is being, I mean, it's always been a, just a, an integral part of capitalism, you know, mm -hmm. like, that's just how it works. Um, but while there is a, you know, economic recession, you know, there's a public health crisis going on right now, like, there's failed governmental subsidies where, you know, there are still people out here that are, that have not receive their unemployment or yeah. or their stimulus check. Yeah. And there are MAM workers who have not received their unemployment, you know. They're, and they're, yeah, and just only now, like in the last couple of weeks, there was another eviction moratorium issued mm -hmm. when there should have been one this whole mm -hmm. goddamn time. Like, yeah. Because nothing changed. As a matter of fact, it only got worse. And... Right. And these land stewards, um, you know, the social parasites we call landlords, are <laughs> are you know taking advantage and exploiting their own te their tenants, just heinously taking advantage of people under these really, you know, ambiguous circumstances. And uh, yeah, I mean, what? So, what are your guys? Um, what are your guys' demands exactly? Well, we 
demand like a voice at the table, really. That's a simple thing. Uh, we would like uh, a representative on the board of directors, like of the workers. That, that's like one of our most basic demands. Beyond that, it's really like about like livable wages and, you know, affordable benefits and everything. But to tie it back for a moment, just into our musical practice, like I, I want to talk about for a, a second, like how crucial it is for all artists and musicians to make an art and a music that is political, that we, we cannot like separate our practice as artists from our political existence. Like what we are doing as Frenia, this shit is a part of our political consciousness. It's about freedom. It's about collaboration, spontaneity. And it's not about, you know, like following orders or whatever. Right. It's a revolutionary is. act in itself. Exactly. Yeah. Throwing there, off oppression. There has to be a soundtrack. There has to be something going along to the revolution. We cannot just believe that like politics is going to do its thing in this like cold and unemotional way. Like we have to realize that artists have a responsibility to provide like a soundtrack to the revolution. Mm -hmm. That That's one thing yeah, that I, yeah, I, I love that. thinking about. Mm -hmm. Like we, our art has to be revolutionary and, uh, the same thing goes for the Milwaukee Art Museum and our union campaign. It, we have to, um, we have to realize that this is not just like a cold business-like transaction. You know, like we're doing things uh, from the heart, and mm -hmm. uh, we should have like beautiful music and beautiful art to go with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my feel. A solidarity with you guys for real. Um, you know, yeah, I one of uh, one of our comrades, Mendoza, um, is uh, he's spearheading the Collectivo unionizing. Nice word. Um, which has also just been, you know, it's just like when these when the owners of these, um, whether they're cultural institutions in your guys' case or they're you know, just like, you know, sm like coffee chains or just mm -hmm. otherwise like, you know, um, service industry things. It's just like the owners of these institutions, just they'll endlessly gaslight their workers into believing that employees are like misrepresenting how a workplace works or like how or what they're entitled to. Yeah. By being an employee. But I mean, without the workers, the owners don't have shit. And that's why exactly that's exactly why capitalism is ultimately inevitably going to fail. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because when the radicalization. Like, you know, exposes the system for like what it, who it truly works for and the employees and the, the working class gets fed up. And, uh, you know, do things like strike and abolish, or excuse me, strike and boycott and divest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the owners aren't going to have shit when they don't have anyone left to exploit. Mm -hmm. Like, they will be destined to fall. 
So yes. we're giving them no choice. Mm-hmm. We're giving them no choice but to comply with like the working class and uh, what it needs to survive. Um, and uh, you know, luckily, I'm seeing you know more and more camaraderie from the music scene and from the art scene through these times. You know, like um, you know, I've been seeing uh, you know, I mean, obviously, everyone's been you know, people are donating a lot more. They're sharing education and literature you know they're community organizing they're taking it to the streets but even in just in the in river west here i mean in terms of like you know what you're saying ryan about like you know art being a direct directly related to political consciousness i mean i'll give another shout out to matt glassell because he is helping facilitate these river west arby's shows oh yeah that are raising money for charities you know and he's been he and everyone who's been helping him with that stuff has been i mean we're working with what we have right now but you know to see the community like you know just actively take part in that and you know donate money and and you know, play on behalf of good causes and of, like, I, it makes me just so, so proud to, you know, be involved in this music scene. So, um, yeah, and so let us, uh, you know, keep sending me stuff um, and I'll make sure the PSL, you know, just will always, uh, you know, include you guys in our efforts. And if there's anything we can do to help, just let us know, okay? Great. Absolutely. It's so appreciate yeah, it truly deeply of course i mean it's the right thing to do Hell yeah. <laughs> it is the right thing to do um well thank you guys again so much um i had a blast let's what let's definitely like hang out sometime like yeah. outside of the podcast i'd love to just kick it with oh. you guys sounds uh, awesome for sure. yeah oh yeah so for everyone watching uh Support uh, the Milwaukee Art Museum's uh, unionization efforts. Um, what's the name of the page again? Uh, I-A-M-M-A-M. So I-A-M-M-A-M, yeah. <laughs> I-A-M-M. I-A-M-M, yeah. I-A-M-M, yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful. I'll tag it. Um, I'll, I'll be tagging that as well as Frenia, so folks who have uh, listened can check out what you guys do. Um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, everybody. We'll see you next time.